Greetings, adventurers, and welcome back to Return to EverQuest, a podcast where we revisit and discuss the classic game of EverQuest. In today's episode, we're going to dive into lore as we discuss the classic EverQuest zones of Unrest and Befallen. Before we begin, I want to thank you all for listening to our show, and thank you for taking the time to leave those ratings and reviews that you've been putting on iTunes for us. We're dedicated to earning that five-star rating from you and promise to keep creating the best podcast we can make time after time, week after week. And with that out of the way, let's begin. So guys, we've been playing a few weeks on Eridune, the time lock progression server on the live EverQuest service. So what do you all think of this experience? We've you know, been trying to recapture that magic. Have we gotten it from the classic EverQuest days? Do you think there's anything special about what we're doing, playing together? Does that make it more fun? What do you all think? Um, I got to say the magic has always been there, to be honest with you. But uh, like you guys have said in earlier episodes, uh, there have been quite a few of quality of life improvements from the classic EverQuest. <laughs> and to be honest with you, that have made the game much more forgiving and has helped us a lot. Uh, one of the main ones that I really like uh, that I was, you know, bashing before was the, you know, you leave your corpse and then you have to get your stuff from a corpse and you don't have to do the corpse dumps anymore. I think... Uh, if we were playing without those improvements, we would have spent 90% of that session either trying to get our corpses uh, or blasting the zone chat, begging for someone to drag it out for us. And I just think that one mistake doesn't ruin the night with the limited amount of time that we have. And, you know, I, I feel that that really we're benefiting from that improvement a lot this time. Yes. Around. We won you over to the light side here. I remember <laughs> early on, you were all against that. I think I was the only yeah. one in favor of it. I don't know where Derek stands, but I mean, it seems that you can get killed and have some mistakes in the game and it's not as unforgiving and your night's not ruined, especially with the limited playtime we have. So we could just like laugh it off and, and have a good time together. So I think it's a little bit more uh, de-stress and you can just kind of relax, chill, you know, have a drink, enjoy your evening, and not get so ang an anxiety about it. Eric, what do you think? Yeah, for me, this is one of those aspects with both pros and cons. So I could agree with Carlos that there's definitely more playtime involved with our schedules. But when it comes down to it, the con for me is it encourages people to seek more reward for less risk. So you're more willing to, like we did in Befall, and uh, that we'll speak about later, is you know we jumped through through the hole to get down to the third floor and if you had to do corpse runs we would have been we would have never done that you know you know what i mean so that's my feeling maybe, maybe you wouldn't i'm always ready to, to, <laughs> yeah, to risk yeah. it off that's what you say now until you spend five hours trying to get that corpse i'm always living on the edge man <laughs> so what else do you have derek what else do you what are your thoughts on on what we're experiencing yeah, so in reference to my personal eq experience things just didn't feel right for me without the you know, player versus player, P aspect that I'm used to from the old days, but I think I'm finally starting to adapt to the gameplay. To me, without Peavers P, we can, you know, travel freely, go AFK, hunt in close proximity to others without fear of other players coming to kill us. So it definitely makes the game a whole lot easier. For those who have never played on a Peavers P server, you must realize that the game dynamic is vastly different. So this is what I've gathered from my perspective. On a, on a Peavers P server, your primary goal is player versus player interactions, right? Everything's focused on that. So you you gain levels and gear in order to become a greater threat to your opponents. You don't have much time for exploration because it's just not a priority. And you don't want to risk death to other players. So you stick with what's familiar. You stick with your familiarized zones where, you know, people are hunting and that are on your team, especially when we were playing on the team's, you know, Talon's X server. So 
on a non P2P server, it seems like your primary goal is just to enjoy the whole experience of the game altogether. You have all the time in the world for exploration. Uh, I think the other day I visited the continent of Otis for the first time ever that I've played EverQuest. I mean, how sad is that? <laughs> I mean, for me, yeah, no thanks on that whole PvP. Uh, no, I, I couldn't do it. I mean, I'm I'm more into the RPG part of the game, and I, I really just rather sit back and you know, go fishing, enjoy the scenery. And oh, I don't goodness. really have to, you know, I don't have to look behind my back every single time to, because some bloodthirsty player is out to ruin my day. No, no thanks. <laughs> you better watch who's bringing you that fishing pole when you're on the PvP server. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best bait right there. Guys fishing has a fishing pole in his hand. Oh, yeah, you know, I, I agree with what Derek said. So being on Talon Zek, zones you know we played evil characters a lot uh, my ogre shadow knight was the highest one i had there and it was kind of like i could only go to certain zones because if you went into the middle of antonica it's going to be all the light uh good guys beating you up so you had to be kind of isolated to kunark and the south eastern edge of antonica and i never went to velios hardly i never went to otis fade or forget it that was like uh all the elves and the the short team would come and get you so you had to be careful but with that you know i think i'm having a lot of fun playing now i look forward to this every week it's like the highlight of my weekend to get to sit down and enjoy playing with you all i did my steinamaga quest recently with my enchanter that brought back a lot of cool memories to go across uh you know antonica getting all the different parts of the steinamaga i had to go to otis and then go back to the ogre city of augic to turn it in so that was a lot of fun and i think the best part of the magic that i'm recapturing is playing with like friends and people that i I enjoy hanging out with. So you all, my brother, my best friends sitting there every Saturday night and being able to just chill and hang out. The gameplay is kind of like, it's not super high intensity. So we can talk about life, talk about what's been going on our week. And it's makes Saturday nights so much more enjoyable for me. I really love it. What do you guys, hopefully, hopefully you're all enjoying it like I am and don't think I'm a, a schlub. What do you think? Uh, maybe. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but one thing I yeah, that's, to... that's messed up. <laughs> One thing I wanted to point out is that you, you did mention Discord. <laughs> I want to say that that has definitely improved the experience, uh, you know, being able to talk to the whole group real time and we don't have to rely on those dang macros, you know. And the only thing I can really think of back in the day that might have been kind of the same was, you know, using up those uh, free nights and weekend minutes and getting yourself one and jerry-rigging it and doing a three-way on a three-way three to get everybody on the same call. That's the only way I can probably think of. But do, do you remember the, the, the land parties? I, I still remember having to carry my big old PC tower to your house and, 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 and play an EverQuest. Uh, do you still remember that? Yeah, man. Derek, we had what? How many people did we have in our house at the max? I think like eight. We had a little hub, a little uh, network hub we'd plug everybody into going around the house. We had about eight people. Yeah, we did that a variety of uh, different games, but uh, EQ was one of them. Yeah, it was that's that, that's the closest you got to like voice chat back then. You know, we were younger, we didn't really know how to use all the the voice chat communication things they had back then. I don't think they really had many, so it's really no. nice to have that voice chat now. I mean, maybe maybe TeamSpeak. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, Discord definitely helps out. I mean, I agree as well. Playing online with a variety of friends like we're doing now is much better because we always have a full group. I mean. The downtime is drastically minimized. The group communication is maximized with the voice chat. And I feel like we can take on any zone comparable to our level. So it definitely makes the game easier, more effective. 
You know, speaking of that, we got our gnome crew. We got to probably figure out a name to call us because I keep calling it like online. Hey, the gnome crew went to unrest and befallen. But maybe we got to come up, uh, not this episode, but think about it. Maybe like a guild name, a little uh, a name for our crew so we can talk about that. And for those listening, uh, just an update on our characters. So we were hunting from levels 10 to 13 in unrest. And then we went from unrest later on to befallen. But we're going to talk right now about unrest. After Crushbone, we figured we would. Uh, we heard there was some good hunting in unrest. They have a big outdoor area that that's a uh, like a lower end zone part of the zone in unrest. So we wanted to go there. So I'll pass it over to Carlos. Carlos, give us some lore and some background on the zone, and then we'll talk about our experiences there. Yeah, sure. So the estate of unrest. Uh, I really think that in order to appreciate it more, we we got to step back a little and look at the bigger picture. Uh, before we dive a little bit on on rest. But before we do, I kind of wanted to annoy you guys and ask you a really quick question. Um, you guys ready? Okay, I'm not giving you any more money, man. <laughs> Just stop <laughs> right now. <laughs> What's up? Okay, okay, here we go. Do you know the actual name of the gods known as the Tranquil and the Faceless? Um, the Faceless, I know, is Kazakh Thule, I think, right? Yep, that's right. I don't know the other one. What's the other one? Yeah, the other one, is it Erolsi uh, Mar, Prexis, maybe? I'm not sure. Oof, no. Hold on, let me Google it real quick. No, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a clue. It starts with I'm going to need advanced notification start, on these questions. Start, it starts with a Q. Come on. Oh, Quelius? It rhymes with Quinos or Quenos. There Quelia, you go, Quelius. Quelius. Yeah, Quelius. Yes. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, Quelius is the goddess of tranquility and peace. And we all know Kasekthul is the god of fear, right? So these two gods have been battling for almost all eternity over the dream realm, right? And they have been pretty much at a constant stalemate. And the gods have even tried using a portion of their power to claim that realm. And by doing this, they created two more deities. And they go by the name of Moral and Terrestool. Okay? So Moral is known as the Lord of Dreams. And like his mother, he looks for peace in the dream world. And then you got the sister Terrace, and she's known as the Dream Scorcher, right? She's always... She's always trying to torment all the mortals in their dreams through fear and terror. So she obviously she obviously took after her father. So whenever Man. you think of your little gnomes going to sleep, that, that means we're subject no. to this constant battle for power over our dreams, right? So that's the, that's the constant battle between Quelius and Casatul, right? And that bit of info on that cosmic tug of war between these two gods, I think you'll appreciate the, the story behind Unrest a little bit more, okay? And I'll give you the skinny version because I don't want to bore you to death or be here all night. So, But according to legend, a cleric of Quelius took his family to Fadwar to spread the word of Quelius to all the inhabitants of that continent. We unfortunately lost his name through the ages, so don't worry about him. But all you have to remember is that he built a very impressive estate in, in Dogner's Cauldron. And while this was happening, uh, over at Caladim, a dwarf by the name of Garanel Ruxif, he just went bananas and murdered his wife and children and then fled the city. And as he was escaping, he ran into that manor that was built by the priest and proceeded to torture and kill the entire family. Dang, that's messed up. Yeah. And obviously that enraged Quelius and seeing all her worshippers murdered in such a way. So she came down and cursed Garanel to spend all eternity existing in that pain he inflicted on his victims. And doomed them to walk, you know, the halls in torment. And one thing to note: this is the only recorded time that we ever see Quilius lose her temper, right? Because she's the, the goddess of tranquility, right? I didn't even think about that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So 
after this happened, uh, the rumors started, you know, mulling around uh, Norath about this haunted manor, and that piqued the interest of one of the followers of Kasak Thul. And there was this Urodai priest that eventually made the trek all the way to the haunted manor to find the ghost of Garanol, because he was trying to convince him to go along with his plan of giving him much more power, because what he was thinking was twisting that original curse that Quellius uh, put upon him, and he wanted to twist it around and give him more power with it. So once Garanol agreed that Eurydite exhumed all the bodies of the dead family and just dissected them and, and chopped uh, all the little hundred of pieces uh, out of their bodies. And he casted this powerful spell that called upon Casatul himself, right? This incantation was so powerful that the Eurydite died as a result. So he pretty much sacrificed himself for the greater cause. And that devotion led Casatul to reanimate all those little pieces of flesh that were dissected and turned them into that army of the undead that you see now haunting the grounds of what we now know as the estate of unrest. Oh, wow. You know, uh, if Nerf and Perf knew this beforehand, he may not have gone. That's a pretty, <laughs> a pretty yeah. dark story. Yeah. Uh, and there's a little fact that might interest you guys as well. Uh, there, there is another NPC hidden away in a cave that you find in unrest. And uh, he's one of our brethren. He's a, a gnome spelunker. So if you ever see yourself going back into unrest, go try to find him. A little scavenger hunt. What's he doing? You know? What's he doing? A spelunker? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I tried. I, I found him and I tried to talk to him, but he just doesn't like me, even though we're like, you know, brothers. But he's in a cave with this zombie. Uh, I think I think it's the the epic for the bard that you have to go down there. But I really mm. don't know much. So he's cool. Is he? Is he in close proximity to the enemy monsters? No. Well, there's no monsters in that little cave. It's just him and this uh, zombie. Uh, I think her name is Sarah. I really don't remember, but um, I guess that's homework for me. <laughs> wow. Okay, cool. And I think we're going to go back there because we only were there until level 13. So we were kind of, you know, weak for the zone. And there's For everybody listening, there is a, a main house, a big like rich manor that's in the middle of this square plot of land uh, outside of it. There's a big yard surrounded by monsters, zombies, little death beetles and things like that, that are lower level, like the 10 to 13 range, like we were. And then there's a little maze, like a little hedge hedgerow maze that's out there. You kind of going for those, like in France, they had those old timey uh, hedgerows and there's a gazebo. And then there's that little hill. I think the spelunker's under with a little river flowing through it. So we'll definitely have to go back there and see what's inside the house uh, this time because we would have gotten decimated if we went into the house last time. So speaking of which, uh, decimated and killed, I want to talk about some funny things that happened to us in Unrest. So Evernerd has been, I, I don't think he's died yet at this up to this point. So nope. Nerf, <laughs> Oh, you just gave Nerf, it away. <laughs> Nerf, Nerf and Perf. Nerf and Perf, he's, you know, oh, I need, my bags are getting heavy. I need to sell all my, my little gems and my uh, rusty swords. So he found a merchant in Dragner's Cauldron. There's this little island in the middle of the zone. So Dragner's Cauldron is like this edge, you know, mountainous re uh, region. And there's a little island surrounded by a huge lake. Uh, and on the island, there's a little dwarf merchant that you can sell stuff to. So we're getting our bags, our goodies up in uh, unrest. Time to empty them out. So I convinced everybody, I said, hey, we're going to go to that island. There's a merchant there. And, and Derek uh, Evernerd 
didn't want to go with Nerf and Perf. Nerf and Perf said, there's nothing there. Just follow me. We'll swim across the ocean <laughs> to the island. Nothing to be afraid of. And Evernerd followed. So what? Uh, I'll let Evernerd fill in his side of the story. But I'll tell you this. Nerf and Perf gave everybody fair warning and was calling out what's around. So there shouldn't have been no one to die. I don't want to put any blame or blood on his hands. He is an innocent bystander. Yeah, well, with Evernerd's uh, previous EverQuest experience, he he knew better than to just go to the island. So from my experience uh, traveling through Dagner's Cauldron, there's always this myth going around that there was like a Loch Ness-type monster living within the waters of of Dagner's Cauldron. So you, it's just like an untouchable area that you, we never traveled through. So, you know, Nerf and Perf's like, yeah, let's go. So... We start going over there. We don't have any invis. We everyone has like two points in swimming. We finally get over there. So it takes us forever to swim. We finally get over there, find the ver- the merchant, sell our stuff. And as I'm selling my stuff, uh, a goblin starts attacking me. And these goblins are. Hey, I said there's a goblin coming. You gotta watch out. Nerf and Perf's like, there's goblins everywhere. Run away! And he didn't listen. <laughs> You just didn't listen. You were too greedy. You wanted to sell that stuff to the merchant so you could load up your bags. You know, and I know. Don't put this on Nerf and Perf. So I'm at the merchant, and I start getting hit. And I say, hey, guys, I need help. And everybody was like, I don't know where you guys were. You guys were already swimming back or something like that. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cast Root, which is a, is a spell that stabilizes, keeps them in the same specific spot so you can't move anymore. Well, I cast Root like three times, and it resists it. It's like five or ten levels above me so i'm like okay no worries my experience i have shadow step memorized so shadow steps a spell where you click and it transports you like 100 feet this way or 300 feet that way it gets you some distance so i'm like i'm gonna shadow step i'll be in the water i'll start swimming i'm good to go so as soon as i click shadow step it transports me to the like the lowest point in the water (laughs) on the floor and I start trying to swim. I have two points in swimming. I, I realized at that point, <laughs> the guy's starting to, to lose air. I realized at that point that I was not going to make it to the top without drowning. So I, I look the other way and I see the goblin slowly twi- swimming towards my direction. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, got, I got experience with this too. So I start memorizing the gate spell, which will transport me out the zone. So I memorize the gate spell. And I forgot how long it takes for it to actually load into your spell spell box. It ta- they have like a 12-second refresher there. And probably for instances like this. So I'm sitting there waiting 12 seconds. Okay, it's, I'm, I'm going to die before 12 seconds. I start swimming up. I see the goblin. <laughs> up I'm like 10 feet away from the top. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm surprised hey. you didn't cut that part off, honestly. The shadow step. <laughs> This uh, this whole thing comes full circle with the taking risks. You know, you could have, uh, <laughs> you got too greedy, man. You took a risk you shouldn't have taken. Yeah. That's what happens. Hey, whoever requests now, you know, my corpse would be at the bottom of there with the Loch Ness monster somewhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, Carlos, what stories do you have for us from that at time? What was your uh, kind of like the funny moments you remember? Oh man. Oh. Unrest, trains, trains, and more trains. Uh, there, there really isn't nothing like. It's just crazy that when when you see this crazy train of of, of enemies, almost three times your level, just get out of that manner and go into the zone line. Uh, do you guys remember uh, that Benny Hill uh, theme song? 
that's all i can think of when i see those yeah the train you know sometimes go around in circles in the manner and all the low level yeah. guys are panicking running around that's, it. that's yeah. the one thing that comes into mind that's a great I representation it, it pretty much is right uh but in one of those weird high level trains that happen uh for some odd reason, uh, you know, we were minding our own business. The way we were we were hunting, if you guys remember, we were in on the west side of the manor, like all, all the way at, at the wall because we didn't want to even touch that manor. And for some odd reason, this really high-level skeleton, out of nowhere, he just started coming towards me, right? He literally passes, because I'm the cleric, so I'm in the back. He literally passes everybody on the group. He's just minding his own yeah. business, goes right at me, smacks me a couple of times and kills me. And I swear to God, <laughs> to this day, I have no idea what beef that guy had with Tinker Wings. I had no idea. I don't know. You got to do it. You got to do it. Nerf and perf does. You got to look <laughs> him in the eyes. If you turn away, they'll know you're scared. <laughs> you looked him in the eyes. You got to be submissive. You got to look down. <laughs> look down. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. I remember uh, we had like one point where this mob came out it was like a tentacle thing and it was like level 30 something and it was <laughs> yes. the pathing was all screwed up and we were sitting there beating this thing for like 50 minutes man we're you know level 15 we're trying to smack this tentacle we're missing trying to cast spells can't i don't think we killed it because uh there no. were some people power leveling inside that manor and every once in a while all hell would break loose and they'd come running out of the manor with just you know 50 mobs on them and we'd have to run out and get get out of there. So uh, yeah, it's crazy. Like a, a terror, something dark, terror, dark terror. Dark yeah, that thing was that thing was glitched. It was like running outside the zone, like into a wall. So we all <laughs> ganged up on it, and no spells hit because he had resisted everything. Every hit was missing. Nothing, nothing was happening. Yeah, the thing was actually regening. It was regenerating health <laughs> while we were attacking it. Six little gnomes. But I, what I found interesting was the uh, different type of monsters they had there. So we had. The death beetles were mainly what we hunted, the ghouls, the zombies, uh, and the skeletons. And they all just had like those jack-o'-lantern guys. And so my enchanter was able to charm now. So I used to charm jack-o'-lanterns or the ghouls to fight uh the you know the monsters we were fighting. But what did you guys kind of take up from the theme of the monsters there? Did it go with the lore? What are your thoughts? That's exactly one thing I wanted to point out. <laughs> there's because there's a lot of roaming mobs, and it, it makes sense now that we heard about the the lore, right? Uh having all these weird undead just roaming around. But you know, I know I'm being a stickler here, but how do the jack-o'-lanterns, how do they fit into the lore of unrest? Uh, for me, that I had no idea where they came from. So that was kind of weird. And uh, yeah, dark terrors just confused the heck out of me. Like, what are they, right? They're, they're just this triangle thing with tons of little arms flailing around, and it just makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, a lot of questions left unanswered. I mean, I've never been too fond of unrest myself. I, I did explore there during levels you know 10 to 13 is usually when i would go there and stay there till about 15 or 16 but the zone is just uh, really chaotic and the amount of distance that a tank class has to go you know if you're a spellcaster you could bind yourself close to the zone and if you die you're there but if you're a tank class you get you got to walk two or three zones to get back to this place so it's kind of an inconvenience for them but um one day i'd like to go back with our characters and explore the mansion itself and fight uh garanel ruxif which is who carlos was speaking about earlier the guy that was cursed and he's way down in the basement of the mansion now but from what i was able to see inside the mansion it still looks very chaotic i was able to use my eye of zom spell if you guys remember to go into the mansion and look at some 
rooms and also if you could utilize the transparency glitch through the walls i don't know if you you know what guys what i'm talking about if you guys had it too but you someone have to confirm this for me i made a eurodite character the other day and i tried to look through the walls and i couldn't do it so i don't know if that's just Mm. that's specific to smaller races or gnomes but if you get close enough to the wall as a gnome you could see through all the walls i mean it makes the entire zone transparent any of you guys have experience with with other races yeah i'm thinking because every time i played like my uh my bigger characters in the past i don't ever recall that being a thing but i've noticed with like nerf and perf if i get up to a wall i can kind of see through it right. it's pretty right. you know interesting and I, I think you know for me the monsters there in unrest i think they were thematically appropriate except for maybe the jack but jack are scary who is not freaked out <laughs> by a headless person and maybe that's what happened i'm gonna stick with the story of those are the people in the house who had their heads chopped off and they just had, had a pumpkin patch. Okay, who the heck put the pumpkin on them? <laughs> With the crazy... That's it. They, hey, they're gardener. There had to be a gardener. I'm just saying. And, you know, that goes to the atmosphere of the zone. Uh, what'd you all think? Was it creepy enough for you? I, I think it's, it, it was a cool atmosphere. There, there's there's a spooky feel to the place. And I don't think there's, there's any other zones in EQ that go that haunted house type of feeling. So it was it was nice. I really liked it. Um, I just think that you know that sporadic rain that came on and off every so often that got kind of old. So it got kind of annoying after a little bit. Yeah, I think it was it was kind of creepy to me. You know, it felt like I was in a haunted house. Derek. Yeah, to me, I feel like they created this zone for a Halloween event, put the jack o' lanterns in there, and just forgot to remove it after the season was done. <laughs> you know, I, I think. <laughs> For me, a song that would fit well here is the uh, Michael Myers theme. Uh, Yeah, that would be a theme song that I think would fit nicely there as well. Yeah, so let's just say there's definitely happier places in Norath. uh, I can tell you that much. With that, we had completed our adventures in Unrest, and it was time to head to new and dangerous dungeons such as Befallen. So our brave gnomes traveled all the way from Fedor for the first time ever to Antonica. And so, Derek, can you give us a kind of quick overview on Antonica and the journey you have to take to get there? In order to get to the Befallen from Unrest on the Eridun server as quickly as possible, the first thing you must do is go to Butcher Block and take the Translocator at the dock to the Ocean of Tears. Then you take the Translocator and the Ocean of Tears to the human city of Freeport on the continent of Antonica. And then you zone into the common lands where the entrance to Befallen is located. Now, real quick, Derek, for, for everybody else who's kind of only f- familiar with the classic EverQuest, the Translocator, can you explain what that is? Yeah, something that was added later in the game. So originally, you would have to take a boat from Fedor to Antonica, and you'd travel through the ocean. It was like a 30, 45-minute journey to get there. Okay, it was 15. <laughs> yeah, so, so now what they decided to do for, I'm not sure of the reason, I'm sure just to make the game easier, is they added an NPC that sits at the dock as like a wizard and you just hail him and you tell him you want to go to Antonica and then he immediately transports you like first it's to the Ocean of Tears and then the next translocator there transports you to Antonica. So it takes approximately three minutes to get there instead of 45 minutes like it did in the old days. Which, which I think is a terrible addition to, to the game because now you can't just sit back, relax and appreciate that, that music that kind of, you know, takes you back and reminds you of one of the most underrated and best movies of the 1990s, right? Yeah. Hey, 
Look, the boat is still there, so you can pretend you're playing Waterworld EverQuest Edition, okay, if you want to do that. So, uh, Derek, yeah, what's the rest of the journey there uh, like? Yeah, so before we get into our Befallen experience, let me share a quick info bite on the continent of Antonica itself. And this information I, I got from the player's handbook of the EverQuest role-playing game, which is like a D&D um, board game. All right, so let me get into the, the lore. Antonica is the mainland in the known world. It's a continent that was renamed in honor of the founder of the kingdom of Kainos, Antonios Bale III. Previously, it was known as Tuneria after the goddess Tuner, who first populated the land with her high elven children. Many high elves yet refer to it as Tuneria to this day no matter what the young race of humans chooses to call it. Hmm. Yeah. I love I that. Love that. that high I love elf. it. What is that? Is that a high elf talking? That's a high, is that elf, a high talking. elf It's a high elf. Snobby <laughs> high elf. That's high elf. Absolutely <laughs> snobbish. And, uh, you know, so for everybody listening, we get to Befallen. We're uh, between levels 13 and 15. And before we dive into the experience here, let's, I'm just going to share some lore with you. So everybody gather around fireplace we're going to go into character now you're all going to be in the land of norath and here we go nerf and perf tickle winks and evernerd were tired after their long night and unrest they made camp in the butcher block mountains and started a small fire to begin cooking their rations a gust of wind blew through their camp as an elderly human wizard in black dusty robes suddenly appeared out of thin air the strange wizard hailed the group of gnomes as he approached being kind gnomes, they greeted the old man and offered him what drink they had. As token of thanks, the elderly wizard offered them a tale they would never forget. The tale of Befallen. Gather around the fire, my gnomish friends. Don't be shy. What I'm about to tell you is a true tale. Heed my warnings. It was many ages ago on the continent of Antarctica that the knightly order of Mars' fist sought to expand their territories out from beyond the walls of the great human city of Freeport and into the common lands. Bandits and death-fist orcs had been terrorizing travelers in those days, so the knights established a stronghold of their own in the common lands to bring order to those untamed lands. One fateful night, a patrol of knights set out from their newly built stronghold in the common lands and happened upon a shriveled, dying man writhing in pain. The knights rushed the dying man to their stronghold, called upon their clerks to heal the man, and gave him quarters until he fully recovered. Unbeknownst to the knights, they had saved Gynok Mortar, a sinister man banished from Kinos after he breached their fragile peace with the Blackborough Nose. Gynok was left to die in the common lands and pleaded for help from the gods, but they refused to save him for his past treachery and abandoned him to his fate. In a final act of evil... After recovering his strength in the night stronghold, Gynok murdered his knightly host and stacked their butchered bodies upon the holy altars in the middle of the night and offered them up as defiled sacrifices to any force that would grant him enough strength to take his revenge on Kanos. It was in that moment that a mysterious power known only as the Dark answered his pleas and granted him eternal life in undeath, but forever anchored his soul to the confines of those halls of death. 
arc went on to consume the entirety of the stronghold and raise the slain knights into undead servants of evil, a most vile curse had befallen that once sacred place, and thus it became forever known as Befallen. As time passed, servants of evil learned of Befallen and the dark within. Shadow knights and necromancers flocked to the tomb in search of power, only to be trapped and turned into undead servants of the dark. However, there is one legend that speaks of a powerful gnomish necromancer known only as the Thaumaturg, who is free of the dark's curse. She studies there, in the dark, in secret, and hopes to harness its powers to resurrect her master, Marnek Jor, to raise an undead army and conquer all of Norath and all who live. I bid you well, my dear gnomish friends, and caution you to stay away from that cursed place. No good can come of it. Beware! Whatever you do, do not go to Befallen! And just as quickly as the old wizard appeared, he vanished into the cool night air. So what do we all think about the lore here for Befallen? Oh, man. Um, If we only would have listened to that crusty old wizard, eh? <laughs> I think it would have. Yeah, it was a he tried to great, warn you. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, pretty intense. You know, when I did the lore dive, yeah. I got the lore there from the Befallen book that was written by Owen Stevens for the Dungeons and Dragons 3.5 edition. There was a module that was actually a dungeon of that. And so we went there to Befallen. Some of the funny things that kind of happened to us while we're there, uh, you know, I think would have been forewarned if we had listened to this story beforehand. So, Eric, uh, lead us away on what you think were some highlights. Oh man, the highlights for me. Here we go. The, mine focuses on Carlos' character. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Lay it out. Lay it out. Yeah, you got to give him some benefits. This is his first time playing a clerk class. Okay. I never played a clerk class before, so I could give him some benefit. But so here's two examples. So the first one was uh, he was healing the group. We were in combat with a variety of monsters and. Anthony was mezzing them with his enchanter. I was nuking some and everyone was being kind of being attacked, but they would get mesmerized and, and, and that's it. You know, no one was on the brink of death. So Carlos is like, Hey, I'm he's in a monotone voice. Hey guys, I'm, I'm getting hit. I'm, I'm getting attacked by a monster. Over here. <laughs> yep. It was like, yeah, yep. well, everyone else is too. Right. And then everyone continues doing their things like guys, I'm, I'm getting attacked. And, and then, you know, <laughs> everyone's you know yelling and whatever like we got to get this monster this one whatever you know so and then i look back at carlos and because i'm not getting healed and i look back at him and i just see his character topple over down to the ground <laughs> yeah like, you gotta be typically if he said oh. hey guys i'm really getting attacked right here if you don't help me out i'm gonna die instead he's like hey guys oh. i'm gonna all I'm saying, you pointed out that our, our, our enchanter was doing all the messing. Hmm. I wonder how the healer was getting all the aggro then. Hey, I was keeping the place under control. It's not my you fault know, that you, you know. You know what it is, Anthony? You know what it is? You know what it is? It all goes back full circle because who was using AOE spells? Who, who mean, was that? Oh, there, was, no, that was Evernerd. It was, Evernerd. It was Evernerd. Exactly. Right. Like five monsters attacking so, you. You got to so, use AOE. Okay. So all the messing that they are attacking everybody. And you guys, I know how to deal with aggro, you know, clearly. All I have to say is, you know, just take a look. Take a good look at a mirror 
<laughs> if you want to talk about aggroing, this is true. Just... This is true because I'm using like you know my military professionalism to call out targets. I'm saying mesmerizing <laughs> skeleton, mesmerizing necromancer, and then everyone's are like rain fire, broken arrow, <laughs> and then everybody's breaking mez. It's chaos in there. <laughs> yeah. All I'm oh, saying man. is I don't want to alarm the group. Whenever if if I'm getting hit, I, I understand that, that the mezer is going to get at him eventually, but. <laughs> When there's five or six, ten mobs that go come to me, yeah, <laughs> we have an issue. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the here. Okay, so he, that's my first scenario of Tinkle Winks, and here's my second beef with Tinkle Winks. Beef? I thought it was funny things. <laughs> that was the whole point of this. <laughs> go ahead. All right, all right. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. <laughs> so then we decide to move from one room to another, and the situation here is you had to go through a. Uh, hidden wall so uh, anthony i and like everyone in the group except carlos carlos decides to stay in the old room while he's meting to repair his to regain his mana everyone else goes to the next room and we're fighting like three or four monsters in there because everything starts attacking us at once so we're saying hey carlos we need heals we need heals, Carlos. We're dying over here. Why aren't we getting heals? Carlos, like, I'm trying to heal. I'm trying to heal. I'm like, no, you have to come through the wall to heal us because you got to see us. Like, he has to be in eye vision, line of sight to, to cast oh, no, a heal. No, no, no. You can't cast on, in another room. So then he's like, no, no, you guys come over here to me. And I'm like, no, you come <laughs> over here. We're not gonna, if we go over there to you, the monster is going to be attacking us uh, on the way over there. So. What's your story, Carlos? All I have to say is this was discussed in between Winkletings and, and Nerf and Perf, and it was agreed that you guys would pull the moths back into the bigger room for two reasons. Number one, it's a very tiny room, and it's impossible to actually get the line of sight on everybody because you're, you're trying to go into hallways. And number two, you have to worry about those dang necromancers. And you know what happens when those necromancers get aggro to me? They, they fear you, and that is the scariest thing that could happen in The Fallen. If they fear you and you go running around like crazy. So I thought the agreement was you pull them back, and then we have this wide open space. It's very easy for the Mezzer to the enchanted to do the Mezzing, and you know, the healer touch to take care of the team. That's all. But yeah, those were great, funny ones, <laughs> Derek. We'll have some enlightening facts come to light here in a little bit on those situations. So, Carlos, oh, yes, what do you got? Um, well, I mean, I'll keep it. I'll keep it to to the subject in line. I think uh, we we decided to talk about funny parts. So, um, uh, I think the, the traps were quite hilarious. Uh, uh, we there was a point in time where the group went into a, into a room in a single file, and you know, uh, Nerf and Perf was was taking point. He goes in, then take a wink. So I go in, and then all of a sudden, uh, Nerf, uh, sorry, Evernerd and Stabster just disappear. They just, I don't see them anymore. And then, you know, they start screaming because there's a whole bunch of mobs actually attacking them. And I have to say, this was the first time that I've ever seen Evernerd in panic mode. So that's always going to be close to my heart now. <laughs> I think it was a will o wisp attacking him or something, too, which we'll, we'll talk about the will o wisp. We'll yeah. talk about the will o wisp here in a second. So, I got mine to add. So uh, Derek had our nephews play, his sons play with us because we needed some extra support. So they made a little gnome uh, rogue. And I'm like, all right, Derek, you know, they've they've played before. You kind of trained them up. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good. They're good. They're good. So I'm like, all right, you know, Nerf and Perf is acting as the pooler because uh, Befallen, it kind of gives some oversight. It's kind of a small dungeon. There's like three levels to it. And uh, you need a key to go to each level. 
and you're kind of like small, close quarters. So I said, okay, what I'll do is I'll go in there and I can cast like calm on some of the monsters so they don't all aggro. Like if you attack one, all four in the room don't don't come and join. So I kind of calm them all and then I'll pull one and I'll keep everybody meds if you're doing that. So I'm pulling, right? And uh, Derek's, he, his two sons are kind of taking turns playing this character. So the first half of the night, uh, his older son played and he's coming on. He's like, Hey, I'm ready to play. I'm like, all right, just stay behind me. I'm pulling this stuff. Stay in the room and you just backstab monsters. Like, okay, got it. So I go into the room. Now there's undead everywhere, right? And undead see-through and vis. And here comes my nephew with his rogue. He's like, look, I'm hiding. They can't see me. I just learned this. This is the coolest thing ever. I'm like, no, what are you doing? And then all the monsters come. Four freaking skeletons start beating up on us. And they, they wipe us, right? And so the second part of the night... Are you know the the my next nephew comes to take over this rogue character, and this goes back to that story that uh, Evernote was talking about with the hit the wall and Tinklewings not coming in. So I'm out there. I'm gonna pull from behind this hidden wall. I'm gonna pull into the room where I'm. That's like little cave in the back of a fallen there. And the 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 second nephew comes up. He's like, "Hey, I'm ready to play." I'm like, "Okay, just stay behind me." And sure enough, he does the same thing. Hey, I, I can hide. Look at this, really cool. They can't see me. And then all this undead trade comes running in at us. So. Both of my nephews got us kind of wiped out because Derek mis you know trained them to think that hide makes them invisible to everything. But it was good times. I enjoyed playing with uh with our nephews there. It's really fun, family fun. I think uh, a rogue because I never played rogue before and I was doing some reading, but I think a rogue's hide is invisible to undead as well. I'm not 100, percent but I think that's the case. And if that's the case, they just thought they were hidden, but they were walking through the room unhidden because their their level was so low, their skill level was so low in hide skill. So uh, that's one thing that we'd have to confirm later. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We'll look into that. And so the monsters in Befallen are mainly undead. So we have like our skeletons and our necromancers, zombies, mummies. Shadow knights are pretty cool. They tie in with the lore, but you kill a shadow knight, you get a key, and then it allows you to go deeper into the dungeon. And then you have the Thaumaturgist, who is uh, a spellcaster. There's a bunch of them down there, and they drop some cool loot. So what did you all think about the monsters that we fought in Befallen? Oh, gosh, I hated the mobs here. To be honest with you, uh, like like I said earlier, those necromancers, man, in, in such small places like like Befallen, getting feared is, is is a death sentence. I mean, I was the victim of that at least a couple of times, and watching Tickle Wings aimlessly run down these rooms, making a nice train of ghouls and skeletons, yeah, uh, not fun uh, because obviously the ghouls will root you and then slap you silly. I also thought it was quite hilarious that the uh, the smallest type of mob that we have in this in this zone was the one we were most frustrated with, and that was those dang will o wisps. I'll let Derek talk about the will o wisp nest. I'll leave that action for him. But for me, what I really liked was the concept of progressing through the dungeon and fighting those shadow knights and getting keys. I think that was a really cool design mechanic because I felt like we completed the entire dungeon. We went from top to bottom. We ended up killing the big bat in there, the Amaturgus, and got their robes. And I just really enjoyed the progression of getting the keys. Eric, what'd you think of those Will-O-Wisps? Yeah, I, I think the progression was good, but like you said. But eventually when we died, what we did was take the quick route back was, you know, like the second door on the right from the entrance. You, you go through and you could jump through a well and it takes you all the way down to the bottom where the named monsters were that we could kill and get the equipment. But uh, you're right, the, those monsters were all red to us meaning they're way above our level but the willow wisp were blue to us meaning they're below our level and they were the hardest monsters to kill because we're all <laughs> casters and you couldn't cast one spell on the thing i mean the only things we had to rely on we had two pets or the rogue and one pet 
attacking and the mage's pet. Um, and they just it took them forever to kill it. So when the the will o wisp gets low on life, it starts running to or retreating to another <laughs> room, and <laughs> all these other monsters to attack you. Is so I looked up online, yeah. you know what kills these things, and it says online that they can be attacked with only magic weapons and spells. They can't be attacked with regular weapons. And uh, but the funny thing is, is resisted all of our spells. So I I would have to you know triple check that because I don't know why they were resisting everything if magic is what's supposed to kill them. Right, and you can't root them either. So no, it was, yeah. it was very frustrating. Those are tough, but I think we came out of there with some pretty good loot. So we ended up getting uh, the barb leg plates for Carlos's character. Tickle wings. We got the gossamer robes, the thaumaturgus robes, and there was some like uh, damask armor, kind of like cloth, but higher AC. And then we got some like chip bone wands and some blackened wands. So I thought overall it was fun. The loot. Yeah. And we got to upgrade. All of our characters are wearing like base level cloth items on our on our guys. So this able was able to give us, you know, new robes for all of us and new cloth armor pieces that improve our armor class. Yeah, Carlos, what do you think of your new leg plates? Yeah, it was, it's actually the the first decent gear that uh, Tinkle Wings was able to wear, so I'm, I'm I'm enjoying that. Hopefully, on the next zones we can we can get better gear as well. But like uh, Derek was saying, it's actually exciting to finally get out of those cloth uh, gear and and get a little better sets. And for those who are listening, what do we think of the atmosphere? We can share with them. I I took up way it's kind of like a eerie undead tomb, almost like a. I don't want to say pyramid, but it kind of had that vibe, right? Like an Egyptian type thing going on uh, with the undead in a tomb in the desert. But what do you all think? Carlos? Oh, sure. <laughs> I think uh, I, I got to go with that. It, was a, it goes with that tomb, uh, old school cave, and, and you can see all the spikes. and the Remember those heads on, sp- on, on, on pikes that we saw at the beginning at the entrance? Yeah, at so the entrance. It was, it was kind of eerie and, and creepy that way. Well, great. You know, um, we're going to take and wrap it up here, everybody. We're looking to go to the Warrens next. So we're heading to Otis for the first time with our characters. It's a long journey from Befallen in the Common Lands to the Warrens. And we're going to go kill the Kobold King because we started our adventuring with the Kobolds in Steamfont Mountains. And now we're going into the Den of Evil with our gnomes. And we're going to finish what we started. We're going to put them out of business. We'd like to remind you all that we're so appreciative for all the ratings and reviews that you've been leaving for our show, and we look forward to bringing you the best show we can. If you want to reach out to us, the best place to find us is on Twitter, at return, the number two, EQ, at return to EQ. And you can find us on our website at anthonydreams.com. Thank you and have a good one, and see you all next time. Take care.